listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering of Southcrest Baptist Church. To learn more about The Venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. I'm going to grab a seat. Man, did y'all, not about y'all, I miss worshiping with them. Like, man, they kill it. Like, it's so good. <laughs> the, maybe the one good thing, unless you're embarrassed to sing in front of your, your family, the one good thing about being a small group like this, you can just let it rip, right? Of course, I always, like, I think I can keep up with these free, uh, three front singers, and it's not good. <laughs> yes, definitely can't keep up with them. Um, man, so glad y'all are here to worship with us. Uh, a common refrain, I feel like, in conversations throughout this season, and this season, is wondering how long this is gonna last. Like, I don't know, if y'all like me, when this started, uh, which, I don't, there, man, let's just say this, there's so many different varying opinions on COVID-19 of like how serious you take it, how serious you don't take it. We're not gonna get into that, but regardless of how serious you are taking it or have been taking it, um, I, th- I think a lot of us, or I guess I'm trying to ask, were, were some of y'all like me that when this started, you thought, oh man, maybe things will be changed up for four or five days. Maybe restaurants will be shut down for like a week. And now two months later, you're like, oh my goodness, like what just happened? Some of y'all like that? I know I was. I've been kind of shocked how long this has taken, how long this season has been. I've been uh, on Monday, Lauren and I went to lunch with a couple of friends at Abuelos. And I, seriously, as we, were, as we were walking through the parking lot up to the Abuelos doors, I felt what I felt when I was a little kid and went to Disney World. When I, I had that excitement again of like, I'm going to a restaurant and they're gonna bring out chips and salsa. <laughs> like, man, chips and salsa at home was just not the same as a restaurant. Can I get an amen? Like, it's just not the same. Uh, so man, this season has been tough. I guess we're not out of it yet, but it is a season. We know life may look different. Um, even here this morning, it looks a little different right now. But uh, it's just a season. I really do believe that. Um, that said, life is full of seasons, right? Even just literally uh, fall, summer, winter, spring, whichever order you want to say it in. Um, life is full of seasons, of ups and downs. And isn't it funny how, like, I know we do this with the weather, of towards the end of summer, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for it to cool down. I can't wait for fall. And then towards the end of winter, what do you say? I can't wait for summer, right? Of course, summer this year came way early, right? It was 100 degrees last Sunday. It was crazy. Um, yeah, we're always longing for the next season. We're always longing for the next thing. I think that's okay. That, that's, that's normal to want that rhythm of life. But have you ever noticed how some of us, we, let me, sorry, before I say that, let me back up for a second. Um, there's seasons of, literally the seasons of like, fall, summer, winter, spring, but also there's seasons, even like spiritual, emotional seasons, right? You have a season of joy. You have a season of discouragement. You have a season of frustration. You have a season of where you're very discontent with life. There's all different kinds of seasons. But have you ever noticed how a lot of us tend to act like we're kind of always in a season of joy, right? Like you see somebody and you know the inside, they're like crippled with pain and fear and depression. You're like, how you doing? They're like, I'm good. Everything's fine. And you're like, are you sure, man? You asked the question again, right? Um, there's a lady that works with Lauren that's like that. I feel like she can see into my soul. And she'd be like, Brandon, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. And she's like, no, really. And I'm like, you're right, I'm not doing good. She, she could just see, it's Holly. She could just see into my soul. It's really scary, but awesome. Um, I don't know why we, we, we do try to put on a front that we're always in a season of joy, but the reality is 
we're not. We go through ups and downs and different seasons. And that's why I hate it. Hopefully I've never said this um, when I was doing student ministry and just starting a ministry, but I hate it when people say, uh, you know what? I'm coming back from this retreat. I'm coming back from camp and I'm never coming off this mountaintop. I've learned what I want to say to them is, yes, you are, bro. Like, you're not going to be there forever. Now, now, you can experience that intimacy with God all the time, but that emotional experience of life is so great. I'm so encouraged. That's just not reality. It's just it's not where you're going to stay. There are different things that, that cause us to go through those ups and downs, right? And, and here's the reality. When, you, when you're in that joyous season, it feels like summertime, which we've been, I feel like we've been pre-summertime in for like two months now. But um, speaking of how long, any parents ready for school to be done? Anyways, uh, when you're in a, spirit, a season of joy and encouragement, it can feel like summertime, laid back, wide open, blue skies. But when you're in a season of discouragement, of depression, it can feel like you're in a blizzard in the middle of winter where you can't see it's cold, it's dark, it's frustrating. Some of my friends have lived in places like that. I don't envy you. Um, I like the summer. But my question is, how do you fight when you're in that, what feels like a cold, dark, blizzard, blizzardy season? How do you fight through a season of discouragement, of, of depression even? I, I think a lot of folks in this season of COVID-19, I felt that. And it can be brought on by different things, right? Maybe it's, um, maybe God just feels far away right now. For some people, maybe it's uncertainty of work or the certainty that work is not going well. For, for some people, maybe it's family issues. Maybe it's financial issues. Like we could list all day the, the things that may kind of plunge you into a season of discouragement and frustration. How do you fight when that happens? How do you, how do you push through that season? I want to be clear. I, I wholeheartedly, and Pastor Dave and I have talked about it, I know he would say with me, so this is not just some young millennial thing, he would agree with me, that medicine sometimes is necessary when you're in a situation like that. We're not just saying always go run to medicine, but for sure, medicine can be used of God, I think it is used of God often, to help you in a season like that. I believe that um, exercising, taking care of yourself helps fight through a season like that. What you eat, who you talk to, building healthy relationships and community helps you fight through a discouraging season. But I wholeheartedly believe, because of what scripture says, that there's also a spiritual element to fighting through a season of discouragement, of frustration, of, of depression, if you will. And here's what's so cool about it, or about the Bible, I should say, is that the Bible is honest it's real, it's transparent about the fact that life has those seasons of discouragement. Go ahead, you've maybe you've already seen it on the screen. Go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 13. I think that's one thing that actually validates the authenticity of the Bible is it doesn't give this idea that the world is a fairy tale. The Bible, if you read it, is brutally honest about how difficult life can be. I mean, goodness sakes, like what? Three chapters in and the whole world's falling apart? And then a chapter later, you got a brother killing a brother. Like, this is not, oh, that's cute. Like, this is, this is real life stuff. King David, who wrote Psalm 13, actually struggled a lot. If you read the Psalms, which that's why I love the Psalms, they're full of this up and down, up and down of, they show the rhythm, the seasons of life. Sometimes there's encouragement, sometimes there's discouragement. And what I love about Psalm 13 is he, I think we get a glimpse into how to fight through a season 
of discouragement, how to fight through a season of depression, if you will. Man, David certainly knew what it felt like. If you don't believe me, check this out. Verse one, how long, O Lord? How long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Man, right out the gate. I hope some of you are resonating with that and finding um, joy, encouragement. Those words are in the Bible. King David, who was used of God to write scripture, straight up wrote, like, this isn't like maybe he thought it. No, he wrote it down. How long, God, are you gonna forget me? Anybody ever felt forgotten by God? I know I have. <gasps> You're the preacher. <laughs> I know I have. God, where are you at? He says, are you gonna forget me forever? Like, hello? Anybody home? God, I've been texting you. I'm calling you. You're not responding. Where are you at? Will you, how long will you hide your face from me? He said, God, I'm tired of talking to the back of your head. Could, could you turn around so we could have a conversation? Man, I felt that way. God, where are you? What, what happened? I, I think when you feel distant from God and like you can't get his ear and you can't have a conversation with him, you feel like he's forgotten about you, that sometimes is the most discouraging place to be. If I can handle a lot of stuff, when it feels like, God, who said he would never leave me nor forsake me and said that he hears my prayers, when I feel like he's not close, I get pretty frustrated. That's where David was. He says, how long must I take counsel in my soul? So he said, God, how long am I gonna have to encourage myself? I've been talking to myself, trying to pump myself up, encourage myself. How long am I gonna have to take counsel in my soul and have sorrow, the rest of verse two, and have sorrow in my heart all the day? So he's not saying only that occasionally I have a hard day, occasionally there's a tough moment in the day. He's saying, God, I'm in a spot where I have sorrow in my heart. So it's not this service level thing, it's deep in my gut. I have sorrow all day long. God, scripture says joy comes in the morning, but newsflash, Jesus, it's not been coming in the morning. Morning and night, I have sorrow. You ever been there? It's a pretty dark spot. He says, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? We don't know exactly who or what the enemy was. We could speculate, but I think it's vague intentionally in this psalm. You can have a lot of enemies in life. It could be a spiritual oppression, like Satan, demons are attacking you. It could be the enemy of depression, discouragement, frustration. It could be the enemy of literally like a person who is fighting against you and seeking to cause harm in your life. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? So he's saying, God, I feel like over and over, day after day, my enemy is winning. I can't get a victory. I can't get a win. It makes me think of, I know this wasn't uh, David, but in the story of David and Goliath, before David showed up and King Saul was still running things, him and the men of Israel says every day they would go out to face Goliath and what would happen? I should've got Jay to come up and represent, oh, could I act this out next time? <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Jay, or not Jay, <laughs> now, now I'm confused. Goliath would come out, he would taunt the Israelites and what would they do? Uh, never mind, we'll go back to our tent, right? And then the next day, they do the same thing. We're gonna go fight Goliath. We got this. He would taunt, he would run his mouth, he would run his mouth, and they would turn away. That, that's where David is in this psalm. He's saying, God, every day I come out trying to get a victory, trying to win today, and my enemy, fill in the blank for what the enemy may be, 
taunts me, I run away, victeated, Vic, sorry, defeated, not victorious. Victeated, that's a fun word. <laughs> I missed you guys laughing at me. I need it, it's good. Um, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And he, he, he didn't quit. In verse three, he says, consider and answer me. So God, would you even think about me? Would you answer me? Oh Lord, my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. God, if you don't give me some hope, if you don't pour some light into my life, I'm not gonna make it. I'm that down. I'm that discouraged. I'm that depressed. I need some light. I need some hope. If you don't light in my eye, light in my eyes, verse four, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. So I can almost envision um, David as he's as he's writing this. He probably wasn't walking, but just in his heart at least, I envision him walking back and forth, pacing back and forth of God. If you don't do something, if you don't give some light, some hope in my life, I'm not gonna make it. And the enemy, whatever it is that I'm facing, is gonna, is gonna have victory over me. I'm gonna experience defeat. God, you've got to do something. God, can I just, could you please respond to one, I know we don't text God, but could you please respond to one text? Could you plead, please at least let me know that you're, like send a, a red message that you actually read what I'm sending to you. Could you please just let me know that you even hear me, God? We, could we please have a conversation? God, do you even care about me? Now, I don't know. I feel like at least in his heart, In verse five, I can see David. Taking a breath. And writing these words. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He has been good to me. You guys can help me. From what you can tell looking at the text, did something in time and space, did a moment, did an event happen and verses between, sorry, between verses four and five. Did something crazy happen, happen like with some major, did some major event in history happen between verses four and five that you can tell? It's not a trick question, by the way. No, no. It's not like you're reading verse four and then it's like, and then God came out of nowhere and he crushed my enemy and then he lifted my soul. I don't know why I'm talking like that. <laughs> no. Uh, from what we can tell, nothing happened out here. Something happened in here, right? In, in here. I think, I think David made a decision there. Nothing in his circumstance changed. But 
He says, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart's gonna rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So it wasn't that God showed up and did this huge miracle. It wasn't that God gave him what he wanted. It wasn't that all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden I feel better. No, in that moment, he said, I'm going to choose to trust in God's rock solid love. Regardless of how I feel, I'm gonna make a decision to do that. How do you fight through spiritually? How do you fight through a season of discouragement, of even spiritual depression? You choose to trust in God's rock solid love. And not just say it. David says, my heart's gonna rejoice. I'm gonna sing. I don't think David felt like singing. You know, that's what I love about this church. So many of you, I, I know, I, you know to get to know you and having conversations, there's times where you're not doing well, but you still choose, whether online or in person, to worship God because you say, I'm gonna choose to trust God's rock solid love. My circumstance hasn't changed, but neither has my Savior. I know my Savior is still good, so I'm gonna choose to worship and love Him. Now, let me ask you something. Don't miss this. I said, I'm gonna ask you something. I'm not gonna ask you something. Sorry, I'm a little rusty here. Shake it off. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you something. Let me show you something. Verse six. He says, I will sing to the Lord because, so he says, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna rejoice. Why? Because He has dealt bountifully with me. He's talking past tense. So he says, right now in the present, where I'm at, I don't see God working. I don't feel God working. But I know that in the past, he has dealt bountifully with me. He has been good to me. And the same God who was good to me then regardless of what I feel or see, is still with me right here. I know he's still good. So I'm gonna choose to worship. Kind of like Job. Whether the Lord gives, whether the Lord takes away, I'm gonna worship. Because he's been good to me. If you say, ah, well, I don't know, Brandon. Like, yeah, I have food, I have a place to live, but I don't know if I would say God's been good to me. You know, I get it. There are times when you're trying to make your list of how God's been good to you and it, to keep using the word intentionally, feel, it feels like you can't make a big list. But if you know Jesus Christ, if you have been covered by the blood that we just sang about, you've been forgiven of your sins, then absolutely he has dealt bountifully with you. Amen? Because Jesus left heaven to come to earth to experience pain and suffering for you. Jesus knew what it felt like to say, God, how long, where are you? Jesus would in his life quote the words from Psalm 22, which were written thousand years before he was on the cross that said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew darkness. Jesus knew abandonment. Jesus knew depression on the cross and he knew it for you so he could save you and provide you eternity with him and hope and purpose and love and forgiveness. So as believers, can we say that even though right now I can't see God's goodness, can we say that he has been good to us? Yes and amen. He has been good to us. So we can choose right now to rejoice and sing because he has been good. How do you fight through a season of discouragement, 
depression, especially spiritually speaking, you choose to trust in God's rock solid love. You, and you say, man, like, that seems silly. So there's a Bible word called faith. It's choosing to act now in my life based on what I know to be true, even when I can't feel it or can't see it. I trust in God's, uh, we have a little book we read with the kids called uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible, and almost every story ends with his unfailing, never-ending, never-breaking love. I messed it up a little bit there, but it's this, that's God's love, never-breaking, unending, never-failing, never-shaking, always, that's the word, always and forever love. I'm gonna choose to sing and worship because of his love. A lot of y'all have been to, probably all of you have been at some point driven uh, west to go to the mountains in New Mexico or up to the Rockies in Colorado. You ever notice how often as you're driving, if it's a cloudy day, you can't always see the mountains. But you know what you don't do? That is so strange. Who moved the mountains? I, I promise, I don't know what is happening in New Mexico, but they need to fix some things. No, you, you realize that the mountains are there, I just can't see them. How long it'll be till the clouds lift and you see the mountains, I don't know. Could be 30 minutes, it could be 30 days. God's love is like that. His, his presence in your life is like that. It's always there, but sometimes the clouds of circumstances or even the cloud in your own head, right? Y'all with me? Fog you or prevent you from seeing that it's there. It doesn't mean it's not there. Trust his love. You can sing because of his love. You ever been to Carlsbad Caverns? It's pretty cool. If you haven't, if you've been in a cave, you know what I'm talking about, and if not, just you can just... Imagine, or cover your eyes for a second. Um, I remember, uh, I guess, man, our first, Lauren's first time here, so like nine years ago, yeah. Um, we went with her parents to Carlsbad Caverns, which I'm not gonna lie, it was way cooler than I thought it would be. Carlsbad Caverns is pretty cool. Um, but you get down in there, and I think there's some spots where, it's been nine years now, so I'm having a hard time remembering, but there's some spots where uh, you can, like, they'll, if you're with a guide, they'll turn off all the lights, and that is pretty terrifying. Have you ever been in a cave and turn off all the lights, right? Because you're having a good time and all of a sudden they cut the lights and you're like, hold my hand, please hold my hand, right? <laughs> Don't leave me. You're, out, you're confident down there when the lights go off. You just, it's like instinctual. You just kind of freeze. Spiritual discouragement, depression is that way. When it feels like the lights go out where you can't hear God's voice, you can't see him, it feels like he's not responding, it's easy just to freeze. When you're in the caverns, even when it's really dark down in the cave, or caverns, whatever, is there still light up, uh, up there? Is there still light above ground? Absolutely. It would be silly to, while you're in that cavern and it's dark, to say, I, it's really dark down here. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, there, there could be light up there. There could be hope up there, but I'm gonna stay here because it, it, it's, it's scary. It's understandable, but it's not a good decision to stay there. You have to choose in the cavern to say, I can't see the light yet, but I'm gonna trust that the light is there. So I'm going to 
take a step after step after step, trusting and knowing that eventually I'm gonna, whether by the elevator or whether by steps, I'm gonna get out of this cavern and I'm gonna see the light again. So your spiritual faith is that way. We get in discouragement, we get in a season of depression, of frustration, and how we fight through is to say, I can't see the light, I can't see God's face yet, but I know that it's there, so I'm gonna choose, even though it's difficult, even though it's scary, even though it may seem stupid, I'm gonna choose to take steps towards the light, a good light, not, a, not like walk towards the light, but a good light, trusting that God is there and that he's good. So I'm going to keep worshiping, like literally with my mouth. I'm gonna keep reading scripture. I'm gonna keep engaging in community and having difficult conversations, being honest about where I'm at. I'm going to keep carving out time to pray with God. See, to see the light, sometimes you have to worship in the dark. To see the light, sometimes you have to worship in the dark. That's maybe a, a cute way of saying, how do you fight through a season of discouragement, of depression? You choose to trust in God's rock solid love. So if you are Christian, as we finish this out, if you're a Christian, if you're in one of those seasons, I want you to consider now, today, sometime, what does it look like to keep fighting, to keep pushing? And by the way, I don't mean like sucking it up. Did, did David suck it up and lie about how he felt? No, he was very honest about, God, where are you? So be real, but authenticity is never the end goal. Authenticity is to lead you to freedom, to hope. Again, David didn't stay stuck in the, God, where are you? So what would it look like for you to be real, to be authentic about the season you're in, but to keep walking in the dark, to keep worshiping in the dark? What would it look like for you? If you're in a season of joy right now, I wanna ask you to consider who's somebody that you could come alongside and say, man, I, I appreciate your honesty that you're in a dark season right now. How can I walk with you? How can I walk and worship in the dark with you to help you get towards the light, towards seeing hope, towards seeing freedom? Who's somebody you could reach out to? And the last thing I'd say is if you don't know Jesus, while you may have some happiness and joy occasionally in your life, ultimately, you're not gonna know joy and hope and forgiveness and purpose. And really that, that is an everlasting season because you don't know Christ. So I want you to know this morning that you can know Christ. It's not easy, but it's simple. By simply turning from your sin and turning towards Jesus and trusting that he lived a perfect life for you, died the death that you deserve and rose again, offers you forgiveness. If you'll confess him as Lord, which means to say, Jesus, you're in charge of my life and believe in who he is. I would invite you, whether you're watching online or here this morning, to respond how God's leading you. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing a song that just celebrates the cross. I mentioned that how has he built, excuse me, dealt bountifully with us? If you're a believer, with every single one of us, the common denominator is the cross of Jesus, that he's provided forgiveness and hope and mercy and grace to the cross. So we're gonna sing about that bountiful treasure after I pray. God, thank you uh, for your word and thank you that we can be real and authentic about the different seasons we go through. 
And God, I pray that as we sing this song, we would just uh, call to memory, that you would call to memory how good you've been to us, even just through the cross. But Lord, the reality is, there's so many other ways you've been good to us. And I pray that we would see that all the good things we experience in life point back to you and your goodness. And ultimately, to that the greatest display of your goodness towards us is the cross. God, for those here this morning that don't know you or watching online, I pray that you would draw them to yourself and they would respond, God. They would, if they're online, they would uh, reach out to us that way so we can connect with them. Or even here this morning, God, they would stay after the service to talk with me or one of the pastors and that we could, man, celebrate with them, them putting their hope in you. And Lord, I pray that as believers, we would also come alongside people who we know are struggling, who are in a season of discouragement and depression and frustration, that we would come alongside them and help lift their head. God, we're grateful for you, and I pray that as we sing this song, you would just stir our love for you as we celebrate the gospel. So y'all would stand and sing this song. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcast. The goal of the venue is to help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus by being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. Thanks again for listening to the Venue Podcast.